Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, sometimes it's the only time we see each other. And that's why we're trying to build community at a higher level with our small groups and, you know, revive and the next steps. And, and tonight, um, tonight we have um, um, Flow with Brooke at 7 o'clock. That's just a time of resting in the Spirit of God, flowing with the Spirit of God. If you want a refreshing, uh, you want a, an encouraging time, you want a time of, of blessing, uh, I just encourage you to come. It's just a waiting on the Lord. It's just a, you know, we have some time limitations on Sunday morning, getting in and out and services and multiple services and so on. And it's just a time of, of the way I described it in first service was simply this. I've, I've not been mad at my mom too much in life a few times. We've, we've made it through, me and mom. We've got a pretty good deal going on. But one thing I really didn't like growing up is her reaching over and grabbing my ear and spitting in a Kleenex and rubbing the back of my ear on the way to church. Um, we called it spit baths. I don't, I'm like a mule. I don't like nobody grabbing my ears. And she I just want to make sure and just rubbing on my ears. And that's, t- that's kind of how we are sometimes as Christians. We just get under. Has anybody ever taken a shower under a shower head that didn't produce a lot of volume? And you could almost count the drops and going, dear God, it's got to be better than this. And you have to ex- extended time. You have to extended effort. But how many's ever taken a shower under a really strong, forceful shower head, and you feel like you're in heaven. Amen? You don't want to leave. This is what these services are built around. It's, it's not a spit bath. It's a shower head. It's a big shower head of His presence and grace. We have His presence here. We're two or more gathered. We, we have His purpose here today, and uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But you will not be disappointed if you come tonight with a right heart. And again, starts at 7 usually over by 8, 8.30. We don't put a time limit on it, but it's just a refreshing, just an encouraging time, just a time just to bathe in His presence, to follow the Holy Spirit. And You know, one of the things the Lord spoke to Pastor this year about 2020 of the S's was a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. A sensitivity to the Holy Spirit was the, the, the word of, of knowledge this morning by the Spirit of God of encouragement that God used Ashley to speak to to encourage us to release ourselves. And, 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 as, and as Pastor Brooks said, just whatever has been the need to be released, put it in your hand and let God have it. I believe this week of fasting, things are going to be broken off of people. I believe this week there's going to be things that's been held by people either by affliction or assignment of the enemies, will be broken off simply because we're making ourselves available to the grace and the Spirit of God in a broader sense because of fasting. Fasting does not move God. Fasting opens us up to hear and see clearly. Fasting does not get God to bend over on His knees and go, oh, they're fasting. I believe I just, you know. Fasting enables us to expand. John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. Fasting helps us decrease. And when you say fasting, it doesn't always just tie to food. 
which uh, Cody's going to come up here in a minute and talk about the process of fasting, what the Daniel fast looks like. Fasting can be fasting anything from social media. You could be fasting of things you're attached to. It's not always food, but we've chosen a Daniel fast because a Daniel fast produces wisdom, clarity. It, it produces a grace on our life. And it's a story of Daniel in the Bible and how he fasted in a foreign nation and how the, the king was trying to raise up really, really bright young men. And none of them could match Daniel because of the, the food he ate, the water he drank, and how he prayed. So I just want to encourage you. Um, we believe the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit this year. How many knows God wants everybody to be filled with the Holy Ghost and with His power? Well, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. But there's a baptism beyond that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit where Jesus spoke to over 500 people to go wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. 120 obeyed. And when the Holy Spirit came, you know, the, the Bible says it appeared of cloven tongues of fire over their head. They were immersed in, and baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, and they all spoke in other tongues. Now the other tongues, some people get hung up on that. We believe that our children need to understand the person and power of the Holy Spirit at a young age, our teenagers. We believe in teaching and empowering that in, in a manner and in an understanding where it's not confusing. I don't know why I'm getting off on this, but I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost. Some of us were raised when the Holy Spirit's involved in the baptism, there's a lot of confusion. God is not confused. And what He does, He does with clarity and He does with purpose. And uh, I'm, we, we, I'm believing this, this year we're all going to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we're going to be led and not pushed by life. We're going to be led by peace and we're not going to be squeezed by the traditions of men. And we're going to stop trying to please people and only want to please our Father, His Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're going to learn that. And I believe God's going to show us some new things, even for some of us older people who've been in the things of God for a long time. So I want to encourage you with that. You know, living a fasted life is a, a tremendous thing that we can learn to do. And uh, fasting's not an end to all, but it helps us to focus our minds and bodies on the Lord Jesus. And when we fast, when we fast, we want to model ourselves after fast that's mentioned in the Bible. So I want you to turn to um, Ma uh, Matthew chapter 17 right now. Matthew chapter 17. I want you to look at a story of a particular, particular answer to fasting. We're going to talk about things fasting and prayer provide. We're going to talk about in the, this week and next week about how Jesus expects us to fast. He expects His believers to fast. And a lot of times fast is not dealt with at all. A lot of times people uh, grasp a hold of fasting, but I believe according to Matthew chapter 6, if we learn how to pray according to Scripture, and we learn how to fast, led of the Lord and the Holy Ghost, and we learn how to give, not just fasting and prayer, but giving, Giving. I believe there's going to be things broken off of people in the seven-day fast to help them understand the power of giving. The fear of, you know, how many knows our flesh feels better if we see money in our bank account? How many say amen? amen. How many knows when there's not money there, our flesh can get pressured into like, how are we going to make this? How are we going to pay for this? How many say amen? I've got rent coming up. I've got car payment coming up. I've got school loan coming up. I've got kids this or that coming up. And fasting really draws us closer to the revelation and the understanding of relationship with the Lord. So 
not only, I believe Jesus, according to Scripture, expects us to fast, and Cody will talk a little bit about that in just a second, but there's a humbling when you fast, when you go before God. Number one, there's an expectation of Jesus. We learn to fast. Then there's a humbling. Humbling. How many knows when we take care of our bodies and our minds and be led by the Spirit, there's a humbling? And we say, how many's ever had your flesh lead you beside Pastor Pat? How many's ever just waited to see the marquees on the fast food restaurants? What's going to be on special today? How many say amen? amen. And you know, but there's, a, there's also a fasting that where we put the fear out of our mind aside and we're not bound by a spirit of fear. But we live with the power and the love and a sound mind that only knowing Jesus uh, enables us to live. So there's a humbling there. You know, James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and He'll exalt you. Look at Matthew chapter 17. Amazing story here. And one of my favorite stories of fasting. And go to verse 14 with me, Matthew 17.14. And when they had come, that's Jesus and His guys, when they had come to the multitude, a man came to Him, kneeling down to Him, Jesus, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic, some translations say a lunatic, um, and he suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often in the water. Now we're talking about demonic force. How many understands there's demons in the earth? Amen. How many understand there's angels in the earth? How many knows angels outnumber demons? Oh, yeah. I am not here to try to get you to be afraid. I'm here to help you and I understand to be aware there's demonic forces in the earth, and unless we take our authority in Christ over them, they'll cause us problems. This child was not falling into the water. He was not falling into the fire. He's being pushed by demonic activity. Y'all understand that, right? I mean, you understand that there's demons here. And unless you deal with them, and we deal with generational curses, and we deal with the power and the understanding the blood of Jesus, we're not, listen, I'm not asking you to be more devil-minded than God-minded. I just want you to lift your head up and realize there's demonic forces in the earth. And we have authority over every one of them. And we don't have to be afraid. I believe in this fast there's going to be things broken off of all of us in different capacities. Have mercy on my son, O Lord, for he often falls in the fire and in the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now remember that. I brought him to your people, but they could not get it done. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Now he's talking to his boys. How long shall I bear up with you? Bring him to me. I tell you what, I always like to go to whoever's in charge. How many say amen? I like to talk to the boss. I like, I don't, I, you know, I know sometimes we've got to go through protocol. We've got to go through things. But I like to talk to who's in charge because I know with one stroke of the pen, one voice of their mouth, I know with one nod of their head it can all be settled. And basically said, you guys can't do it. He said, I understand. And you know what? I admire the guy for going to the guys first instead of to the Lord because he thought, well, if, he's, if they're part of him, they can do it. And I want to encourage you that the church is going to start doing it. Amen. We're going to start taking our authority in Christ Jesus. We're going to start standing on the name of Jesus like we should. We're going to start applying the blood and taking the sword of the Spirit of the Word of God and dealing with things and cutting the roots off of things. That's why we have Revive here to cut off the roots of emotional tanglement and traditions of men that have held us back into fear through tradition and things passed down from generation to generation in our lives and mostly it's affected our minds. 
and we've cut ourselves short. We're like the, the, the older woman who the grandma was, great-grandma was in the rest home. You've heard me tell this story. The grandma's preparing uh, Easter dinner, and her daughter and granddaughter's there, and the first thing they do is cut off the ends of the ham. And they cut off the ends of the ham and they put it in there. And the granddaughter says, well, why do we cut off the ends of the ham? And the next one asks the next, why do we cut off the ends? Well, because mama did it. Because grandmother did it. So the granddaughter, that didn't satisfy her enough. So she drove to the rest home and said, Granny, I have one question for you. Why do we always cut off every Christmas, every Easter, the ends of the ham before we put it in the pan? And she said, I had a short pan. I think we have a short pan in church sometimes. I think we've cut off stuff out of fear and tradition and we're somewhat scared to step over into true forgiveness, true redemption, true reality. And I think it starts with the emotion and the mind of where our soul lies. And then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless, how long? And then he rebuked the demon. He took care of it. Notice, he rebuked the demon. It doesn't say he screamed. It doesn't say he hollered. It just said he rebuked. I'm telling you, when somebody knows who they are and what they have, it just takes a rebuke to get something done. How many had teachers and principals and coaches in high school, they didn't have to hoop and holler, they just rebuked and you straightened up. Could look at you. Could point a finger at you. E.G. Trailer could do this. You froze in your tracks. I don't care if you weighed 220 pounds or 120 pounds, you froze in your tracks. Because he knew who he was. He was our principal. He knew his authority. Absolutely. And like I say, I happen to be blessed to grow up with many desks with a Bible on one side and a paddle on the other. And I usually would meet in the middle to get my instruction <laughs> and correction. And the disciples, and it says he rebuked the demon, verse 18, and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. I believe there's going to be deliverances in this seven-day period of this fast. Last seven days. It starts officially today. You can start today at dinner, which some of you might call lunch, or you could start tonight at dinner, which I would call supper. Or if you legally want to start, you can wait till one minute before 12 tonight and say, I'm officially fasting. That's up to you. Cody's going to explain exactly what it looks like, what it sounds like. Don't be afraid of it. But look what, look what Jesus said here. Then disciples came to him privately afterwards, and why could we not cast it out, cast out the demon? So Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say unto you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this mountain, this problem, this situation, or this demon, Move from here to there, and it'll be done, and everything will be, and nothing will be impossible for you to do. However, after he said that, he's talking about faith, he's talking about declaration, he's talking about the power of faith. I believe in fasting and putting our bodies and our minds in submission to the Spirit of God and the Word of God. I believe our faith's going to grow and expand. This church was born out of a 14-day fast. Only my mother knew it. Only two or three people knew it. Um, I told my brother. Uh, I told my family, my dad. I told um, uh, Logan. I said, we got a Bible study. I don't know what to do with this Bible study. If you're part of the original Bible study, you go way back there. But we just started meeting. There were six of us the first night, eight the second night. And then with a year and a half, we had 56 people cramming into a house. I, I, I just kept saying, surely to God, Lord, you'll send them a pastor. And not being willing to answer the call to pastor myself. Afraid. Afraid. 
And finally one day, my brother spoke to me and he said, well, maybe you really are the pastor. And I didn't want to blurt out, I don't want to be the pastor. But I said, I knew in my heart he was right. A 14-day fast. And I wouldn't recommend this to anyone to fast this way, but I hadn't studied a lot about fasting at that point. I didn't know. So I fasted. I, didn't, I fasted 14 days. I said, God, you've got to figure out. You've got to show me what to do with this bunch of people. They're hungry. People are getting saved. People are growing in the Lord. People are getting filled with the Spirit. People are getting changed. People are getting healed. I don't know what to do. 56 people's all went and crammed into Logan Debbie's house. They're sitting in other rooms. I don't even see them. They're listening. We're taping. We're passing out tapes. We're eating cookies. So I fasted in the summer. And all I fasted on, I'm not recommending this, was Pepsi Colas and apple juice. So you're talking about one sugared up guy. <laughs> I didn't eat anything for 14 days. And I wouldn't recommend that because there's water fast, there are juice fast, real juice, and so forth and so on. But at the end of that fast, I, that's when God said, take those people. Take your people, he'd say your people, take them to Carrollton, rent out that space down there, and start a church. I kept saying, well, where's the pastor? I'm telling you, fast will reveal things. Things become more clear, things become more expanse, and you'll be able to see clearly. How many say amen? So we go down. I took the Bible study down, and uh, we had a celebration night. And it used to be a movie theater down by where the old Ben Franklin used to be. And I took everybody, and including mom went, and just older people, and we all went, and we went to watch Ernest Goes to Camp. Y'all remember Ernest, right? Look it up, younger people, with all respect. And we come out of Ernest Goes to Camp, out of the movie theater, and there was a space there, 4,200 square feet, and, and mom peeped her eyes in there, because I, I never even considered that place, because you know why? Because it was brand new and it was expensive. And mom said, have you considered this? And I said, well, mom, we, I mean, we, we, first of all, we have no money. Two, it's brand new. We've got to finish it out. Three, I'd already consulted downtown, and we could have some places. Even we could use the armory and different, or um, the, the national, not the National Guard, what is the American Legion? We could use the American Legion if we swept up stuff from the night before. It's cheap. And I prayed about it, coming off this fast, and God goes, no, I, I want people to know I'm not broke. I want this new one. Now, here's the kicker. The new one was $1,456 a month, but the problem was you had to sign a five-year lease to get it. Now, remember, we're not a church yet, and we, we, we don't have, we wasn't taking up offerings and tithes, and, and God said, I just want you to let people know I'm not broke. And that came out of a fast. I could see so clear, had no hesitation, no doubt we were supposed to. How many was here in the official when we went to the, raise your hand if you in the official went down there. They helped build it, do it, no fast. I, I just want to encourage you in this fast. that It will be so clear to you, you'll see things you haven't seen, and you'll acknowledge things you've known that are true, but you're going to step into it this year for you, your family, for us as a church. Fasting expands things. Fasting brings things clear. Have you ever drove your car or your truck when your defroster didn't work? Have you ever been going down the road and every time you breathe, your, 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 your breath fogged up the windshield? And you spent half the time rubbing the thing and you couldn't see clearly. Fasting and prayer 
turns on the defroster of our sight so seeking we can see clearly it's not well maybe almost it's so clear my dad was notorious for not cleaning off a windshield only God's grace kept him from either being run over or run in the river all his life because he'd go down the road with a peephole a peephole how many's ever done that driving down the road with a peephole I think there's too many Christians driving with a peephole now on the feature of their life <clears throat> Before I was serving God, before I came back to God, before there was a fast, before there was a faithfulness to God, before I went to Bible school, before I set myself aside, I would go to church with my mom and my dad, but I wasn't living correctly and right. I'll tell you what a fast will do. A fast will change your life. Prayer will change your life. So I was driving down the road one morning to feed the hogs at the, the farm in the bottom, and my old dog, she, her name was Angel, and she was a St. Bernard, and she weighed 140 pounds. She's a big dog, and I loved her. Only one thing, she loved mom more than she loved me, but that's okay. But she'd love to go to the hog house with me. Now I get up and I'm in a hurry because I'm thinking I'm behind. Angel gets in there with me. If you've ever sat in a closed spot with a St. Bernard breathing, it gets pretty heavy quick. How many say amen? So I rubbed my, my hole in my windshield. I rubbed on the inside. I rubbed on the outside. I head down the road to, to feed the hogs. And I'm talking about clarity now because I had a truck. The, the defroster wasn't working right. I passed my Uncle Bob going to my mom and dad's house on the way down. Angel loved to ride in the seat by me. And she'd stick her head over right by me and look out the peephole with me. So we're driving down the road. It's only a four-mile drive, but she'd sit right against me and she's breathing. I'm rubbing, breathing and rubbing. That's the way we do in life. We just get enough vision where we, we, we don't see clearly and we jump out to it. Uncle Bob passes me, recognizes the truck, recognizes that. He gets up home to my mom and my dad, and at that time I wasn't serving God. And I was doing things I shouldn't do. How many's ever done things you shouldn't do? I'm telling you, when you start serving God and you start following His Word, things start falling off of you. That's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. Uncle Bob said, sis, he said, was Pat out late? She goes, I don't know. Said, well, I, I don't know, but I said, I just passed him. Where's he going? Says, he's going to feed the hogs, check the hog building. Said, I, I hate to say this, sis, but that's the ugliest woman he had in that truck with him going down the road I ever saw in my life. <laughs> said, her head was that big, and the windows fogged up, and <laughs> my Uncle Bob was concerned about me. If we don't understand the power of prayer and fasting and the power of God's word, we're going to live looking through an unfrosted windshield of life. And this is going to be a very, very, very important week, and I want to encourage you that not only will you be able to do it, but next week we're going to start hearing testimonies of clarity and grace and answers to prayer. I believe people are going to be instantly healed this week because of the fast of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe there's going to be afflictions fall off. I believe habits are going to move away because of the fasting and the prayer and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many can agree with me? Cody's coming up right now, and he's going to lay it out, and he's done a great job. Next week, we'll talk about other benefits of prayer that will also let you and I understand we can deal with hearing clearly and moving forward in the things of God. So I want to pray over you first. Father, as Cody comes up, 
I thank you the clarity that we can do this together individually and corporately as a church body. I thank you that according to your word, Jesus, there's only prayer and fasting that moves certain things. I think your things will be moved by the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer and fasting and the declaration of the Word. And I thank you, Lord, it will be done simply and there's a grace to do it in Jesus' name. Amen.